All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with John Azaraf, who has built five multi-million dollar companies, written two New York Times bestselling books, and featured in eight movies, including the blockbuster hit The Secret and Quest for Success with Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. Today, he is the founder and CEO of Neurogym, a company dedicated to using the most advanced technologies and evidence-based brain training methods to help individuals unleash their fullest potential and maximize their results. Welcome to the show, partner. Thank you, my friend, Mr. Champagne. I told you I loved your name when we talked earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll take that. Thank you. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, John. It's uh, we we're we're just chatting. We'll get into this more, I'm sure. But I've uh, I've destroyed your your book, Inner Size, in a good way from highlighting, and I think page forty one is hanging out right now and limiting the beliefs. So <laughs> it's I've really enjoyed your work. It's been a long time. I've been following your work, and it's fun how this stuff all comes full circle. But um, before we get into that, I always like to start this show with understanding. Uh, who the person is and and every guest gets the same question that's that's simply you know who who are you who, you know what makes up you um a father a husband a student a teacher a lover of life um somebody who's an explorer of consciousness um somebody who's totally in love with life and passionate about living it to my fullest and knowing that in some way in uh, as many ways as possible uh, that uh, my life has purpose and meaning serving all species and mankind. Love it. Love it. When do you remember if there was a moment when you, let, let's just say this might sound silly, but first discovered your mind in this way? The, the real first glimpse that I had came out of a lot of pain and suffering when I was in my early 20s. And um, I had at the time severe ulcerative colitis where I had ulcers uh, all along my colon. And that means that there's a lot of inflammation and it was getting worse and worse and worse where uh, it was very painful. I wasn't eating a lot. Um, I didn't have any bowel control. Uh, so if I had this pain and all of a sudden I'd like have to run to the bathroom, um, mm. shit in my pants, I would shit yeah. in my car. I would shit, uh, right after sex, uh, in bed. Um, and that was a very, very emotionally, uh, painful two years, maybe not a, just, just under two years of my life. And I was taking 25 pills a day to try and control it and doing cortisone enemas and doing sigmoidoscopies, which means I went to the hospital every month for them to look inside my, you know, backside. Mm -hmm. And I start off with this because I was a victim at the time of that. And I heard this um, uh, group of doctors on a TV show. And back then, uh, this is going back 47 years, basically. I'm sorry, uh, 37 years. Um, I'm 59 now. And the doctor said that uh, there was this uh, mind-body connection. And uh, they used this term called psychoneuroimmunology. Big word that just meant <laughs> connection between your mind and your body. And they said most doctors are treating effects instead of cause. Most people are focusing on their symptoms and the pains and the things that they have, but not what's causing them. And they, uh, they said that there's a lot of research around, um, at the time, positive thinking, obviously reducing stress, um, eating well, blah, 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 meditation, um, and visualizing yourself being healthy instead of focusing on, you know, what you don't want and, and the pains and the embarrassments, focus on what you do want and being courageous and being healthy. Sure. And um, so I did a little bit of research on that. And when I was 22 years old, I found this affirmation. 
Um, and the affirmation is my body and all its organs were created by the infinite intelligence in my subconscious mind. It knows how to heal me. It created all my bones, tissues, muscles, organs, blah, 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 blah. This incredible wisdom and intelligence within me is making me whole and perfect now. I am grateful for the healing that is happening within me. That's a short version of something I've recited a thousand times. Now, did you write that, John, or is, is it something you you I found, found and you... I created something for myself? Okay, I created this declaration or affirmation, and every day yeah. I would read it. I recorded it on a cassette tape back then. <laughs> um, yes. I would close my eyes and feel that I was healthy, 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 energy, healthy, 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 healthy. Um, I changed my diet. I started to exercise and I started to reduce the stress. And after two years of being on medication and after hearing the words, if this doesn't get better, uh, we may have to remove part of your colon at 22 years old. That scared the, no no pun intended here, shit out of me. No kidding. Um, And um, within uh, five weeks of doing this practice every day, um, of uh, seeing my colon healing, um, I got rid of my colitis, my ulcerative colitis. And my doctor asked me, what in the world did you do? And I told him, he says, oh, yeah, that pseudoscience stuff. And I go, no, 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 no. Um, I am focusing on cause. You're treating the symptoms. So to make a long story short, um, you know, like I said, this is 37 years ago. Um, I've never had colitis ever since. I've helped other people with a protocol of getting their mindset right with some behaviors um, to overcome you know, their colitis, their Crohn's, their uh, diverticulitis, uh, because a lot of those things are effects. And whether there's a genetic predisposition to it or not, uh, there's certain things that activate the gene expression. So uh, you asked me the you know the roundabout question of when did I first start realizing this stuff? I was 22 when I was in this pain, and then I started to ask myself a question: um, Is this um, the same way that earning money works? Is this the same way relationships work? Is this the same way careers or businesses are grown? And the answer is yes. And at that time, first of all, thanks for for sharing the details. But at that time, I can only imagine the level of acceptance into this kind of mentality or mindset like were you people around you were were they struggling to understand this i mean including i'm assuming your your closest uh people within your circle right because even today it's still coming along let's say right absolutely uh it's it's been an iterative process along the way right um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of learning, learning and applying and becoming better at it all the time. Sure. J- just going back to the actual practice or the affirmation. So yeah. there's, there's pr- priming your mind, obviously, with, with that affirmation. But how much of that is then, you know, leaning into the signs or taking certain actions um, to make some of the changes necessary? Like what, what have you discovered oh. for, for, for your path on, on that topic? Uh, yeah, the, the, the thing that um, maybe I wasn't, uh, I didn't emphasize this enough, but as I mentioned, I had to change my diet. I had to start exercising. I had to reduce my stress. Um, I had to take the actions. You know, you and I earlier, we talked about, you know, the movie, The Law, uh, or the uh, secret with the law of attraction, what most people fail to uh, recall or remember is the last six letters of the word attraction is A-C-T-I-O-N, action. Yeah. And so in addition to getting your, you know, your thoughts right and your feelings right uh, and your expectations right, uh, what behaviors are you taking towards that? Totally. Well, I'm so glad, you, and this is actually why I brought it up, because I remember when the secret came out, and I remember the effect it had on on me personally. But at the same time, it it was received in a very weird way. It was received, I think, by a lot of people as, "Oh, just you know, slap up these vision boards and and say these things every day, and, and your life is going to change." Which th- there there is some truth to that, but there's a hell of a lot more going on in that whole process that. It's so funny to me that, you know, 14 years later, when I'm, I'm looking at 
your book Inner Size, which is just a Bible of all of the science and everything behind essentially that movie. It's it's yeah. it's I wish that book was available at that time. <laughs> well, at that time, I had my book having it all. And yeah. uh, in, in my initial New York Times bestseller, you know, I did uh, lay out the process uh, for people. Here's if I can sum it up into into three buckets. Sure. That, uh, I don't care if somebody wants to make more money. Uh, have greater mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial health, whether it's to grow a business, whether it's a relationship, a career, it doesn't make a difference. There's three things that work together, like a combination to a safe. Number one is your mindset, right? So your mindset is, you know, your beliefs, your perspectives, uh, your ability to focus, your awareness, your paradigms, um, your habits, and that formulates a few of the pieces of what mindset is. So if you can get the right mindset and the number two part of the combination or bucket is your skill set, right? Do you have the skill to achieve the goal, the result, the objective, the outcome that you want? Do you have the skill set? And in, in the day and age that we live, right, 2020, 2021, um, all of the how-to um, you know, is available. All the how-to is available. So if you don't know how, then that's actually going to activate your um, self-doubt center and your fear center and your uncertainty center, which means it's going to deactivate your motivational center. So we need the mindset plus we need the skill set of what we need to do. Then the third bucket or part of the combination, Mark, is the action set. For every behavior that, or I'm sorry, for every result that we want, there is a um, very specific set of actions, whether it's daily rituals, whether, you know, it's afternoon or evening. There is certain behaviors that cause results, and we also know what those are. So the missing link is not the skill set or the action set, because we can find those out relatively short. Unless you're trying to colonize Mars, all sure. the other how-to is available. Absolutely. So the question, right? So uh, I think the question then becomes, how do I obviously get the skill set and the action set, but how do I master my mindset so that I actually take consistent, inspired action? And how would you... How would you suggest someone start if if this is all new to them and it, it may feel overwhelming? You know, everyone has has a different circumstance. There's there's a lot going on. Even as we speak now, you know, right in the middle of a pandemic, there's there's there are so many looping narratives, you know, flying around in people's minds. Where would you begin in this process? Uh, well, for for those who um you know, want to understand, you know, how to manage their mindset and how to set goals and achieve goals right away. I, without uh, uh, plugging my own book, I'd say start with, you know, my book, Inner Size, The New Science to Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power. So you understand that uh, you don't have to be a victim of what's happening out there. There are ways to focus your mindset. There's ways to manage your emotions and there's ways to get your physical body to take the action required for you to achieve your goals, regardless of the circumstances. And there are people right now focusing on being healthier. There are people right now making more money than they made before. There's people right now whose relationships are doing better. There's also people that in every one of those things I just said, they're not. And so the question is, uh, which is it for you? And, and the answer uh, is all going to represent, you know, what you're thinking or not thinking and doing or not doing right now. But the key is to remember this, and, and maybe we can go to a, a 30,000 foot discussion for a moment. Sure. And uh, I ask, you know, everybody who's listening, um, what is the most powerful biocomputer in the entire universe that we're aware of? And the answer is our brains. Yeah. Every single person that's listening right now 
already owns the most powerful biocomputer in the known universe. We each have one. They all work almost identically. 99.9% of brains work identically. Yes, there's some anomalies uh, and some inconsistency, but 99.9% work identically. Now, the next layer to that question is, do you know how to use your brain to the fullest of its capabilities? And most people would go, um, uh, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, you already own the most, that would be like having the most powerful biocomputer in the, in the universe uh, or a powerful computer in the universe that can help you make trillions or billions of dollars, you know, trading stock, but you don't learn uh, any of the foundational components of it. So there are certain things that we know about our brain, about the hierarchy of how it works, uh, what causes us to be motivated versus unmotivated, what causes us um, to take inspired action and figure things out and come back from traumas or failures while others don't. We know what's actually going on in our, uh, in our brains more than ever before. And the electrical activity that's firing off automatically and releasing neurochemicals that determine whether we, you know, we run away from situations or we run towards them, whether we are fearful of being embarrassed or ashamed, um, or we are courageous and take inspired action. We know what the mechanics are. Um, the challenge that most people have is not that they don't have the most powerful tool in the universe. They just have never practiced using it the right way deliberately. And so that's really why I wrote Inner Size. That's why I wrote Having It All is to give people the tool and the process for what to do, why to do it, how to do it, and then all the specifics. Hey, just wanted to thank you for being here. And if you're enjoying the show, drop us some lovely stars wherever you're listening. They really make a huge difference. Also, after requests from you, I've put together some mental fitness training packages in collaboration with Thrive Medicine. I'll work directly with you to help implement and personalize practices and routines to ensure your mind is thriving. Shoot me a message directly or check out the link in the show notes. Thank you as always and back to the show. Well, and what I love about all of this is that you know, there, there's work involved, obviously, but many of the times or many of the many times it's, it's very subtle shifts, right? Like even the way you framed up this pandemic, right? You can either view it in one light or the other light. And either way, you're, you're firing off a narrative in your mind, whether you know it or not, to go down a certain path of this is destruction. We're never going to be normal again, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to drop into what's happening and make the most out of it and come out of this even stronger. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you, if you think about, you know, what's really going on, right. People are uncertain. Um, there's a real predator at the door. It's called the coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, it does kill people. Um, you know, certain category of people are 10, 12 times more likely people that are, you know, over 60 with pre, um, uh, predisposition to, um, um, heart, heart, lung, diabetes, um, have a 10 to 12 times more, um, a higher rate of, uh, mortality than people that are healthier and younger. Uh, we get that. Um, and still, there are things that we can do to build our immune system. There's things we can do to um, be more careful. There's things that we can do regardless of this real threat at the door. So there's some people that say, you know, that they feel like they're a victim of this. And I agree in some cases that's true. Um, but there's also people who are playing the victim um, yeah. when they could be victorious because they they don't yet know how to focus their attention. They don't yet know how to uh, recognize the disempowering or negative emotions that they're having that's causing them to uh, repeat these patterns and cycles. And um, and so that's a, now we're in a skill set issue, not what's possible. Sure. You know what? I'd love to ask you to share an example because as as you're 
speaking about this, two things kind of came up. One being just everything we're going through right now, and uh, especially when it comes to people that uh, may be suffering from other diseases and or you know fueling their body with less than ideal uh, nutrition and whatnot, sugar being one. And this is where the, the tie-in for me comes up because you provide a really great example in the book about how you you know went to Vegas essentially uh-huh. and and kicked the sugar habit and I mean selfishly I want you to tell it again because th- that's that's kind of my uh, weakness as well and mm-hmm. I imagine many people listening so why don't you share that example um, sure so um, I'll come with all of my um, my faults and idiosyncrasies I already said <laughs> one about uh, um, in my uh, my health and so I happen you know, to, to notice probably about 12 years ago, but this is probably a lifelong thing. When even when I was a kid, I used to eat so many cakes and cookies and sugar. Um, and, um, and so I developed this uh, sugar addiction. And uh, when I was 49 years old, I realized, uh, I didn't realize, I went to my doctor for my annual physical. And um, my doctor's like, hey, John, you're, you weigh 238 pounds over the last you know, five years, you've just been gaining, you know, five, six, seven, eight pounds a year. Uh, you're borderline diabetic, you're borderline hypertensive. Uh, you, you, you're exhausted all the time. Um, you're, you're about to be 50 years old and you're on the wrong train on the wrong track, picking up speed. And, um, I tried to kick this, you know, sugar habit for years. And I, I didn't know this then, but I know this now is, you know, sugar, they say, um, for many people is more addictive than cocaine. And, um, and so uh, mm. I would not eat sugar during the day in the morning or at lunch, but after dinner, like an hour after dinner, every night, I just got this, just this crazy insatiable desire to have sugar. And my personality is such that if I have, for example, like a crunchy cookie, yeah, I don't have one. I have eight. Yeah, I'm with you, John. (laughs) If you you give me like a piece of carrot cake that's really good, I'm not having a piece of carrot cake. I'm having a third of the cake. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I I just have an excessive personality and I happened to have been a sugar addict. So the story you're referring to is is based on something – um, you know, I've been teaching my students for many, many years on, on how to retrain your brain and the neural networks and, uh, and the triggers that causes at certain times or because of certain thoughts or certain people causes certain, you know, addictive behaviors. Um, there's a, a process called mental contrasting, whereby you can actually train your brain to be aware of a pattern like eating a lot of sugar. Um, and then you mentally rehearse having the sugar in front of you, in my case, uh, and then not, um, not eating it. So I was going uh, to Las Vegas with one of my good friends, Robert, uh, from Toronto. And um, I knew that we were going to stay at the, um, the Encore Hotel, if I remember correctly. It was the Encore Hotel. And uh, I had been to the Encore Hotel before, and they have a dessert bar that – it's like it's like uh, just unbelievable. I mean, cookies, cakes, ice creams, pies, um, European. I mean, it's just it, it's the best. And the last time that I was there, I just about killed myself on sweets. I wouldn't even eat real food. I just eat sweets. And so this time, before I went went to Las Vegas, I did a couple things. Number one is I bought a few of the desserts. Um, that I really love, like carrot cake and crispy cookies. Um, and I put them in front of me and basically would I would uh, take a spoon or a fork, cut it, uh, put it next to my nose so I can smell it, put it right next to my mouth so I'm just about to eat it. And then I'd like, nope, I have control over this. Now, the other thing that I did is I actually went online and took pictures from uh, the Wynn Hotel of their a buffet area, uh, and I looked at it in front of me, and then I would close my eyes, and I would see myself going to eat, and going, um, you know, to the hotel, going to eat, and then not going to the dessert table after I had, you know, my meal. And I played this in my head over and over and over again, probably a hundred times before 
I went to Las Vegas. And for the, we got there like a Thursday night. So Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I didn't go and have a dessert one time. Wow. How now, did you feel, John, like when you were near that area? Did it just... Totally you know, in control. I had played wow. that scenario in my head so many times that it was it was like oh i've already done this now here's the here's the key whenever we visualize you know if anybody has a, a chance to write this down write down visualization is simulation hmm. so when we simulate a real life scenario um, we're activating a part of our brain called the occipital lobe, and it's part of our subconscious mind as well. So if I visualize a scenario where I actually am victorious, if I visualize um, a, a, you know, a new behavior, if I visualize overcoming something I don't want and then seeing myself and feeling myself uh, achieving what I do want. Now, if I do it one time or three times or five times, that's pretty useless. But if I do it 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 times, if I just take a little you know, minute here and a minute there and three minutes here and three minutes there and I do that repetitively, there's a couple things that happen. Number one, we are firing the neurons or brain cells um, in our brain that creates an image and an emotional reaction right as we're visualizing it because our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between something real or something we imagine. So if we reinforce an old pattern that we don't want, we just make it stronger. But if we interrupt that pattern and then see a new pattern and interrupt that pattern again and see a new pattern, we reinforce the new pattern, the way our brain works and the way the hierarchy of how our brain makes decisions and of what neurons or brain cells and networks to fire off is based on the law of recency. And so that's one of the laws. But the law of recency says that if you repeat something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again right now, I'm just going to make that pattern a dominant one and I'm going to turn off the other patterns until you reactivate those old patterns. So seeing myself, visualizing myself, uh, repeating that mentally, practicing some at home physically, activated a new neural network, and then I reinforced it, where now I have control over an addiction that had control over me in the past. And if it sounds familiar of how I, for five weeks, Repatterned my brain when I had my health issue, um, then you are correct. That is a similar pattern. So powerful, this stuff. I, I'm I'm curious, John. Like, how? What does your your inner size or mental fitness routine look like these days? Like, how are you injecting? There's so many practices, obviously, that you bring up yeah. in in the book and and everything you talk about. Like, how do you? keep it consistent within, you know, your daily life and adjust and whatnot as, as life evolves. Daily rituals. So um, I have daily rituals. Uh, when I wake up, uh, first thing I do is um, uh, focus on what am I grateful for. So I ask myself as I wake up, you know, it's kind of like, good morning, John, uh, what are you grateful for today? And I just allow whatever pops into my, you know, into my head, um, you know, I'm grateful for my children, my wife, my friends, the work that I get to do, um, blah, 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 blah. That's like one minute to 90 seconds. I get up, go to the bathroom, and then I go and do a meditation for about 15 or 20 minutes. And either I use one of our uh, inner size meditations, which is um, some stuff that my company creates. Um, and then I review my goals. I have an exceptional life uh, blueprint that I review my vision, my goals, my why, my mission, my purpose, uh, health, wealth, relationships, career, business, fun, experiences, charity, spiritual goals. Mm -hmm. um, and so I review that every morning. I also have it recorded so that I could listen to it. And this is all part of, um, part of a, a coaching program we have called Exceptional, our Exceptional Life Coaching. And so every day I'm priming my brain to focus on what I want, why I want it, um, what my purpose is and mission and vision and values, et cetera, and my, um, in my exceptional life blueprint. Then I go work out 
and then I go create my morning smoothie with all of my um, amazingly healthy uh, food. And then Not I start it full of chocolate. <laughs> uh, and then I start work. Yeah. Uh, so I take care of the stuff that's important first, which is you know priming my brain every single day. Of course, of course. What's when it comes to the the gratitude practice? Um, are you journaling that, or is it kind of saying it out loud or thinking it? What what's um, worked for you? I don't. I don't. Um, I don't write it out. In my exceptional life blueprint, I actually have uh, photos and images uh, of my family and friends okay. and things that um, you know. But I when I, when I wake up. I just ask myself that question. And then at the end of the day, I do the same thing. Before I close my eyes, you know, I said, what am I grateful for uh, uh, today? Uh, what am I looking forward to tomorrow? Love it. Well, and it's such, I think, I mean, uh, I might lift some of your language here. That you're firing off a nice neurochemical cocktail morning and evening, right? Which is, which is fantastic. And a lot of people don't realize you can do with something as simple as that, right? To have to fire yeah. off dopamine and serotonin and whatnot. You got it. And, and if you think about it, I mean, if, if for just a moment, everybody who's listening can, can just follow this trail, right? If you removed, you know, everybody's faces and everybody's skin for just a moment, right? Don't need to get grossed out about it. And you saw, you know, there's a, a skeleton uh, and there's a brain and a nervous system, right? This nervous mm. system, parasympathetic and sympathetic, is, um, is you know, a, um, uh, uh, an amazing uh, tool that we have, you know, one point X number, million years of evolution, maybe billions of years in the making. But if you look at how this nervous system brain have evolved, it's um, a combination of electrical activity and electrochemical reactions, sure. right? So sure. every thought produces a chemical that correlates with that thought. Positive thought, positive neurochemical, positive electrical activity. Negative or disempowering or destructive, negative chemical, right? Now, yeah. all of these electrical and chemical activities produce these things called emotions and feelings. And based on our emotions and our feelings, emotions are triggered in your subconscious mind. Feelings are things that we are consciously aware of. Determine whether I'm going to take action or I'm not going to take action, if I'm going to do this or that. Now, I'm reducing this down to, you know, obviously, you know, emotions, feelings, you know, sensations and behaviors. But what I want to just really emphasize is most people don't give much thought to the fact that they are not their thoughts or emotions or feelings or sensations or behavior or results. We have all those things. Now, the question is, are you aware of it enough to interrupt the disempowering, negative, destructive, I'll call them patterns, you know, or are you just reinforcing them because you're ignorant? Now, I just want to make sure we're clear. The word ignorant doesn't mean you're stupid. You just don't know. Exactly. Um, if we are creatures of habit, then do you know, you know, what the components of a habit are? Do you know how to deactivate a disempowering habit? Do you have the skill to create and reinforce an empowering habit? And in most cases, listen, I know the answer is no. Okay, so I work with hundreds of thousands of, of people around the world. So I know the answer for most people. No, I don't. And that's because we were never taught this. Mm -hmm. And so I've made it a, a study for 40 years on, well, how do we become better? How do we deliberately and consciously evolve ourselves? Now that we know that our brain um, is, is moldable, pliable, you know, uh, it's like plastic, neuroplasticity is kind of like the discovery of the decade. 
Now that we know that I am, don't have to be like my father or mother or grandfather or my teacher or my, or my sister. I don't have to allow the traumas and the pains and the, and the fears and frustrations and self doubt and limiting beliefs to hold me hostage anymore. We know those are the things that hold people back. And we have the tools to help people let go of them. So true. Now, I mean, now I guess it, it just comes back or comes to how can we pause or even realize we're in the autopilot, essentially, right? And, you know, once we can stop that loop and to your point earlier, just kind of raise up 30,000 feet, see what's happening and, and slowly start chipping away and course correcting, then it's so it's such a beautiful journey because it's just a loop that positively fuels your life, right? More, more self-awareness, more you can shift and adapt, more things you can you know, add in terms of uh, inner size and, and physical, ex- like all of it, right? It just it keeps going, keeps giving. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, there's two words that I, that I like to, to play with is, um, you know, uh, effort less and stress less. Mm, yeah. Uh, right. So, so when we are in flow, right, when we're in flow, things seem effortless, right? You know, when, when, when things are just going our way, uh, we're in flow. Yeah. And that's called a flow state. You know, you know, if, if you think about the definition of the word stress, okay, it's when capacity exceeds I'm sorry, it's when demand exceeds capacity. Okay. When demand exceeds capacity. So either it's mental, emotional, physical, financial, demand exceeds your capacity. Well, how do I increase my capacity so that the things that stress me out don't? How do I change what I do so that it's effortless so that I'm not stressed out? And so there are, like I said, you know, Mark, there's answers to the um, things that people are feeling or experiencing. And the key is to just stop long enough, you know, stop the insanity of just doing, 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 doing. um, And let's start becoming more aware since we are all creatures of and everybody probably answered habit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the question, right, becomes: um, Are the habits that I'm disciplined to the right habits to help me achieve my goals and dreams? So right, and every human being is one hundred percent. Let me repeat: one hundred percent disciplined to their identity, to their story to their um, um, uh, self-image, to their existing habits. And so we're 100% disciplined. We just keep repeating the same stuff over and over again. Even though we pile on maybe more knowledge and skill, it doesn't change behavior. Yeah, but we need that that break in uh, in the cycle or be able to see that uh, break. It's... Super powerful stuff. I mean, it's a good segue, actually, because I, I did want to ask you a little bit, as I believe you're just back from vacation. And, I am. And I'm glad uh, I'm not the only one with a wife that, that laughs at me when doing any type of cold therapy or her breath work. I saw that post with your wife ah, giggling in the well, background. Well, well, I mean, no cap mountains. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Um, that was fun. I mean, the, what I wanted to ask you about, though, is just... Well, two things. One, you know, when when you take a break and go on a vacation, you know, what what is it that you know what I, I hate I want to say objective, but I don't want to put a goal to the vacation. But I'm curious to see what what your what your your thought is around uh, just vacation when you go. And and I think even most importantly, how do you bring the elements of the vacation and how your mind is to to keep it flowing throughout? the course of the the days and the months and the in the years so that it's not this living for a vacation which most of the population falls under right um or yeah, working so, towards a vacation i should say yeah, there's, there's a couple of things that i learned 
many, many years ago, uh, going back again to my early 20s. And my early 20s, um, I had some really great training from a, a wonderful mentor in Toronto, uh, Mr. Alan Brown. And he said, first, um, write out in detail the lifestyle you want to live and then figure out how much money you need to make in order to live that lifestyle. Um, so that was part one is first, what's the lifestyle? So what I do at the end of the uh, each year, like around November, I start the process, I finish by December, is I put into my calendar all of my vacations first. The okay. first thing that goes into my calendar is my vacations and my family time uh, and the time with my uh, friends. That goes in there first. And I like to take about three months a year off and, um, uh, and then I work the rest of the time. So, so that's part one. Um, the next part of this is on vacation. There are a couple things that are non-negotiables for me, uh, and that is this. So I don't go on vacation so that I don't exercise. I don't go on vacation so yeah. I can eat like shit. Yeah. I don't go on vacation so I can drop my rituals. Part of what I go on vacation to do is to actually reinforce what I call are my keystone habits. So my mm. keystone habits of meditation, I want to do more. My keystone habits of exercising, I want to do more. My keystone habits of spending quality time with my wife and children and whoever, I want to do more of. My keystone habits of being outdoors, I want to do more of. Uh, my keystone habits of reading, I want to do more of. So what happens for me on vacation is I don't have, you know, eight back-to-back -back meetings uh, or interviews uh, in a day or 10. I might have maybe one, maybe two, but it's a free flow to basically unplug and recharge. So uh, a visual that I like to always use is imagine that you're, uh, you know, the battery of your iPhone. And imagine that it always gets you know, recharge to five or 10 or 12% or 15% or 20%, then back to zero or back to two or back to three and back to zero and back to two or back to three. A lot of people live their lives that way where they never get to like 80, 90, 100%. So one of my goals is to get my battery charged to 100%. It's a great example. Right. And then as when I get home, like I got home from vacation, I think it's, you know, uh, it's actually a week ago. I've, I've been going I, like I have been going. Let's go. Um, and so when I go, I go um, when I'm off, I'm off. Sure. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that, for example, in my line of work, uh, I don't connect with you know, some of the, you know, the the clients that I'm working with and talk to them while I'm, you know, sitting by the pool or, 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 or somewhere else, you know, um, because I love what I do. So it's fun, but I will not have, you know, eight or 10 hours of work in a day. I might have, you know, an hour. Uh, and in some cases, um, uh, once or twice a year, I do a silent retreat also, where I'll take three days um, where I'll be in silent meditation, no words. I'll do digital detoxing where I'm not online or no phone, no, no computer. So I build all this into my schedule to get uh, the type of rest rejuvenation that I need in order to performance, you know, be a high performance individual is I'm focusing every day on how do I achieve as much as I possibly can in a day. And part of what I teach in one of my programs called How to Get More Done in Less Time is realizing there's no such thing as time management. All you can get good at is what do you do in the time you have from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep this week, this month, this quarter. And so I'm very deliberate on choosing, you know, high income, high impact, high performance activities that... Um, gives me a great ROE and ROI, return on energy and return on my investment. Well, I can, I mean, just listening, I mean, I'm familiar with your work, obviously, and, and have been following you for quite some time, but just purely from this conversation, just even listening to how you described, uh, you know, your regular rituals and whatnot, it, it's just so obvious how, you know, you're super clear on what you should be working on, what your goals are. You're, you've got the practices in place to see those signs, to, to understand that. You're focusing on the recharge. Like it, it, it's again, it comes back to that that positive loop instead of this negative loop 
you know, pushing you into the ground. This one's lifting you up, which is really beautiful to see. Yeah. I mean, how much room for error is there um, when, let's say, NASA wants to put a human on the moon and bring yeah. them back home safely? Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Not a lot of room for there. You know, if you watch Apollo, was it Apollo 13? You know, and there were some challenges, but they got back home. Um, uh, like, listen, we, we have room for air in life, right? But I take my life. Um, this is the greatest gift of all. This is, this is like, do you realize what an unbelievable gift we have being alive and 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 being able to have this experience um to feel to to create to accept to love to give love to receive love to share to make a difference to experience this this unimaginably complex thing called life and i made a promise to myself uh that i'm going to live my life by design not by default uh, that I'm going to do everything in my power to use my life in a way that number one I am proud of, number you know that in a way that I feel is worthy of life itself. And while I'm here on this beautiful blue planet that we all call home, I want to see how I can make the most positive impact, not just on myself and my children and my wife and my friends, but on humanity, trees, animals, plants, the oceans. Uh, how can I use this gift and my, you know, my little piece of what I can do just to make it a little bit better for other people? So I want to, I don't want to go to my deathbed going, holy fuck, why did I waste my life? I just can't fathom yeah. um, being so um, sorry for swearing, but I just cannot fathom um, feeling like I wasted life. Oh my God! When I could, I didn't. Love it. I, it just it pains me for myself to to even consider that, and it pains me um, uh, for any other human being to to arrive at the time when we transition to wherever we transition to feel the ultimate. Regret, I squandered my life. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because uh, I'm actually in the process of writing a book, and, and one of the the pieces of research actually is is directly uh, centered around this. And the statistic right now, I think it's out of Cornell University, is that at 76 percent uh, get to the end of life, and their number one regret is not living. A fulfilled life or living the life they want to live 76 percent so that yeah. is a t terrifying statistic in my opinion and and you know yeah. everything we've talked about there's so yeah. many different things you can do to to course correct that right three quarters of the people um three quarters of the people are have regrets like, what if you can have an about face right now if you don't have any regrets and you can accelerate um, awesome. But if you, if you're one of those people that's like, I'm, I'm not living to my fullest. I'm not happy as I can be. I'm not uh, giving, receiving, experiencing. When is now a great time to change? Right? Like when is now yeah, a great now. time to change? Now, like right flipping now, <laughs> you know, draw a line in the sand, no more waiting, no more stories, reasons, excuses, you know, no more, um, you know, uh, settling for less. Now is the time to rise. Now is the time to take, you know, what's going on in the world right now. Now is the time to upgrade your knowledge, your skills. Now is the time to let go of your limiting beliefs, your fears, your stories, your excuses, your reasons why, your traumas. Now is the time to create the plans to put in place to achieve the goals that will make you proud. Now, 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 now. Let's do it. Everyone listening, now's right. the time. I mean, let's hit pause and... Take some time to do some reflection, which which actually leads me into my last question, John, and it centers around just, you've already left some really powerful reflective uh, prompts, but uh, I just want to give the opportunity if there's anything else that 
you find any type of questions, reflective questions that circulate in your life on a frequent basis, or when you have to make big decisions, what would those be? I mean, I've got a, I've got a lot of questions that I ask. Um, uh, who do I have to become in order to achieve the goals and dreams that I want? Oh um, what do I need to let go of? Uh, what do I need to start? Uh, whose help, you know, can I, can I get? Um, you know, what books can I read? What courses can I take? What environment can I put myself in um, that'll help, you know, foster the best within me, to bring out the best within me? Uh, the power of our questions uh, determine our focus and determine, you know, our emotions. And so I, I like to ask empowering questions, questions that the answers lift me up, questions that the answer moves me forward, questions that the answers, you know, focus me on how I can because I must. And so the power of our questions, a lot of people are asking the wrong questions or making the wrong statements. I can't. Oh, my God, I can't. This is so hard. Well, your brain goes, okay, um, you can't because this is so hard. Let me reinforce that. Exactly. First thing, I know this is hard, but how can I? You see, a simple reframe empowers you versus disempowers you. And so first is, is have a little bit of time just to think, uh, feel, and then learn the art of asking really good questions of yourself, whereby the answer moves you forward versus reinforcing you staying stuck. Such a beautiful way to conclude because, I mean, this, this show is really all about reflective questions and great questions. And I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think we're all, uh, no matter what's happening, we're, we're all a question away from a, from a completely different life, if that's what you choose um, for yourself. Right. So it's, uh, and there's so many, there's so many great questions and in, in the right context and from the right people can just really shift your path. So John, I, I really, you know, I want to personally thank you obviously for coming on the show and making some time to share your wisdom. We could probably chat for days about this stuff, oh, um, but I, you know, I want to thank you a little bit uh, on one level higher and that's just, just acknowledge, you know, your years and years and decades of, of work in this space, because I mean, like I said, I've, I've destroyed the, the one book and I've got many more to go. And there's so much great messages, so many great messages and content that you have dedicated your life to put out there. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy. And thanks for having such a great podcast. 